The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. Kia ora friends, I'm Joanna Santa Barbara of Motueka bringing you an eco postcard. Each week I send you a small snapshot of a few things going on in our world concerning the health of our beautiful planet. Sometimes it's good news and sometimes it's bad. And today I think I have a mixed bag for you. Notable about the present moment is that the COP27 on climate change is occurring in Egypt as we speak. This is COP is Council of Parties where the uh, nations of the world will try to negotiate agreements about responding to climate change. One aspect of response is how the uh, high-income countries help low-income countries with the various aspects of climate change, including compensation for loss and damage that the low-income vulnerable countries suffer. The matter is being framed as an issue of justice on the basis that the high-income countries industrialized and benefited economically from that uh, And it was that very process that has led to the serious damage to low-income countries, including the actual loss of the country being faced by places like Tuvalu and the Maldives. So, uh, this justice issue applies nationally as well as globally. And as we undergo the social transformation that climate change will cause, both in terms of its direct impacts and in terms of the changes that we need to make in the way we live in order to respond to it, there will be some people who suffer more than others. In general, it's thought that uh, low-income people, as well as low-income countries, will suffer more than high-income people. And so how are we going to handle that? Well, lots of thought across the country is going on on this matter. How can communities embrace and support people who, for example, may lose their jobs from industries that are incompatible with our response to climate change, like the oil and gas industry? So if you want to take part in such a conversation, I'm sure that you can locate people nearby who are taking this quite seriously and trying to devise ways to respond in in a compassionate way to make our society even more equal, even more compassionate. Okay, what else have I got for you today? All right, I want to talk about food waste for a few minutes, starting with the truly shocking fact that a third of all food produced is wasted. Enough to make you cry, isn't it? Not only is it wasted, it goes up in greenhouse gases to the extent of 8 to 10% of global emissions belong, apparently, to food waste. In New Zealand, 
the sites of leverage, the sites we've got to look at in terms of cutting food waste are, first of all, supermarkets and their customers. Supermarkets and a sort of reciprocal exchange with their customers demand perfect fruit and veggies. And they say, of course, well, that's what customers demand. So we apparently demand perfect fruit and vegetables. Of course, if you have ever grown fruit and vegetables, you know they don't all turn out perfect. And what happens is that a lot of the imperfect ones are simply thrown out and then rot in landfills, producing greenhouse gases and make us warmer. This needs to change. We need to accept less than perfect fruit and vegetables. In fact, in Europe, uh, there's, there's to some degree mandated that they be not wasted. And um, some stores sell what they call ugly, ugly fruit, ugly vegetables, uh, which uh, may be a different shape from the standard perfect, um, but uh, they also may get them cheaper. Uh, we also have to look at the issue of use by and best before dates, uh, which encourage discarding things, discarding food. Um, hence, we have dumpster divers who retrieve perfectly good food from um, the discard bin. Um, the people who study this stuff say, use your nose. You know, you, you have a built-in sensory system to detect, designed to detect when food isn't good. Use it and don't throw it out if it's not on the nose. Um, so mm, at the supermarket level, things need to change. Also, how we how we in our households uh, use and waste food. Uh, buying practices, we, we need to buy just what we're going to eat and not throw it out. Uh, we need to store it well so it's preserved until we want to eat it. We need to get used to eating leftovers and doing good things with them, which I think is a very worthwhile kitchen art. And where, where there's unavoidable waste, such as vegetable peelings and cores, um, we can learn to use them to enrich soil by composting or using other methods by which these materials are returned to the soil. There are food rescue charities, of course, that get discarded food to needy families, but it's generally agreed that uh, the less that happens, the better the food needs to be saved before it gets to that point. Okay, on to the next thing, which is a deep dive into deep sea mining. And uh, a, it's a really good thing, big tick mark against this one. The New Zealand government is supporting a ban on deep sea mining in international waters until appropriate rules are in place for it. Um, <clears throat> if you imagine the landscape under the ocean, which of course we never see, uh, it is it is <coughs> a rich ecosystem and with great diversity and mining for metals disrupts the ecosystem for huge distances around by churning up the sediment, having sediment coat all the life forms on, on that landscape and kill them. Um, 
There are plenty of corporations poised, waiting to mine, and we need to do all we can to stop that happening. This was a member's bill introduced by Debbie Ngarewa-Packer of the Party Māori, and a jolly good one it was, and it was supported. Okay, time for one more. So from the deep sea up beyond the atmosphere into space where a NASA satellite uh, goes around the Earth once every 90 minutes, which I find quite astonishing. It was designed to pick up mineral traces um, over the Earth, but in fact one, one of the things it does is to pick up methane traces and it enables to is able to tell us where methane is coming from the satellite identified 50 methane super emitters um, and these were from oil and gas fields pipelines landfills and feedlots the uh, pledge that New Zealand has signed on to, the methane pledge, uh, commits us to repairing leaky equipment in oil and gas, to not venting methane from mines, to managing manure to prevent its emission and to plug abandoned wells. Um, so this was a, a useful, an unexpected useful thing that emerged with this NASA satellite. That's it for today, folks. I'm Joanna Santa Barbara, and this has been an Eco Postcard. Eco Postcards is Monday afternoons at 3.30 p.m., and Saturday mornings, 9.45 a.m. Till next week, bye for now. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.